0: I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve.
1: Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to hi Yaha the only podcast that thinks a sticky dismount means your ground game has gotten a little bit out of control. <laughs> Episode number thirteen, recorded July twenty ninth, starts now. That wasn't the best delivery ever, was it?
0: That <laughs> was pretty good, but you know, could use could use some work. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked the message. I liked the message, kind of yeah. sexy.
1: Yeah, there's no point going back and doing it over because the reaction's been spent uh, oh come on now <laughs> no we're off and running with this bad boy all right hang on right. businesses. uh okay so we're doing another we'll call this kind of an off week recording we don't have a guest but we do have uh our illustrious co-host craig kiesling hiya piping in and skyping in and uh me dave jones sitting here behind the board Trying not to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Illustrating his power of the rhyme. That's right. You know, I should have been born a rapper.
0: I think you might have been. You just screwed up somewhere along the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't get arrested <laughs> enough. That's right.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> or I never practiced that. Maybe that's my Ah,
0: answer. see? See? You got to
1: train harder. Yeah, must train harder. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. We're kind of punchy, folks. It's uh, pushing 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday night. Been watching the Olympics. Uh, It's actually been harem scaram around here. As you can probably tell from the last podcast we did, there's been lots of people visiting me here at the house. We've had uh, house guests for at least 10 days straight right now. Um, Thanks again to Aaron Martin for uh, jumping in and helping out with the hosting chores uh, on that last one. Uh, He's safely back in California, at least for a couple of weeks. (laughs) And uh, what's been going on on your end, Craig?
0: Well, you know, little of this, little of that, raising the kid and doing some training, teaching, a whole lot of work on website crap, and uh, the usual, the usual.
1: You know, I raised the kid, and then I lowered him about 50 times today. (laughs) You did what? They call that airplane. Oh, nice. (laughs) You know, the airplane, right? Right, right. And uh, right. this is Martial Arts Jermaine. He's got this new trick he likes to do where he basically, um, he basically, I'll lay on my back and he'll climb on me like he's riding a horse, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he'll bounce his his 35 pound butt just as hard as he can on my solar plexus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One day that bear's going to crack.
1: That's right. Uh, but it's good. It's like a medicine ball workout, you know, at the boxing there gym where go. they drop the ball on you and you have to catch it with your guts. Right, right. <laughs> nice. Uh,
0: you should do him like Yang Chen Fu or whatever and, uh, you know.
1: Bounce him into the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That'll run you.
1: That will indeed learn the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. Let me have that level up. Okay. Well, folks, we're just going to slide right into a discussion topic. We nice and to easy now. Not stuff. so yeah. sticky
0: like your warm-up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a little discussion, and then uh, we'll take a short break and check out the Champagne Lounge, and come back and give you guys news for the week, for the last two weeks actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have a little bit of a mailbag segment, so you know, stay tuned for that. We're rambling now, but we'll get warmed up. So let's warm up the choppers with a uh, with a little with a little discussion topic, and uh, the one that I threw out this week that stuck was instinct. And the role instinct plays in martial arts. So, Craig, maybe we should do as we always do and start out by defining instinct. That's a good idea. So, uh, you want me to do it? (laughs) I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll handle that. Uh, Instinct is basically something um, either programmed, born into your body or your mind... Or something that you've repeated often enough that it becomes an instinct by virtue of the fact that it's almost autonomous.
0: Oh, this is something completely different than what I was thinking.
1: Oh, what were you thinking?
0: Well when my mama farts, sometimes I get in the stink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right folks, it's gonna be one of those <laughs> That's okay. We we like those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now that we're on the same page, <laughs> yes, um, I think there's two different angles we can look at this from. I do, too. Um, so, the first one I would suggest is, you know, looking at instincts as uh, reprogramming your physical instincts with martial arts to be something different than they were in their natural state so that's the physical right. side of it but on the other side you've got the men- mental side where you know you could call it your your spider sense or your bat radar or what the hell ever you want to do it. But the, <laughs> the thing that lets you you know the gut feeling the thing that lets yeah. you know something might not be exactly right and how that applies to martial arts too
0: i think i think a i was thinking about this earlier day actually is um you know when they they talk about and and kind of I don't know science class or your typical thing you hear about where your average human being um, you have the fight or flight you know response, and uh, you have those two responses but uh like I mentioned during my interview episode and anybody who ever's been caught unaware you know um, in real life as a martial artist, there is a third uh, reaction um, you know, which is the big monster, oh shit not run but just freeze up situation um, and that happens that can happen that's I think that's usually what happens with martial artists if they if they don't do one of the uh, the better responses um, and I think that's a lot of times what we're trying to address
1: right so the freezing up that's a fear response right
0: mm-hmm. it's not love yeah. sometimes I question <laughs> well it's little.
1: also not aggression either you're not countering you know the the attack with with another attack you're freezing up hoping that <laughs> that they'll leave you alone <laughs> play possum yeah a bit of possum genetics left over <laughs> it's kind of like a stage
0: stage fright or something when somebody completely knows all their lyrics and and their whatever the musical instrument they're going to play and uh they get out there and oh shit you know and just freeze up
1: yeah yeah <clears throat> So uh how how does martial arts in your opinion address that issue?
0: How to freeze up well?
1: How to freeze up well? Okay. No, how to, how to not freeze up. Oh, that. This will get at several things I want to get to, I think, but go ahead and just start with that that single example.
0: Sure. Um yeah, I've I've got, you know, kind of a list in my mind of different things I'd like to address with this, but um in short the basic thing coming from um a martial arts uh, you know background that we 've talked about before is repetition, the building of basic skills, and like we hit on on one of the episodes of gongs um, that don 't necessarily need to be special abilities or anything, um, but something ideally simple uh, that you 've trained perhaps close to fifty thousand times so that it is the thing most likely your body 's going to do. Uh, in a combative situation uh rather than your fancy kick or you know tumbling maneuver or whatever
1: or well i mean a fancy kick or a tumbling maneuver is is uh is a learned behavior too can be yeah as opposed to an instinct um, but instincts uh the the point of of yeah you know, what you're talking about is is basically f- making new instincts mm-hmm. you already have a natural tendency to whatever to <sighs> To flee or to, uh, you know, to hide or whatever. (laughs) Um, And while the natural tendencies are pretty strong, they're not always the most efficient ones. And, you know, we humans are great at doing unnatural things. So we figured out ways, martial arts is one of them, to condition yourself to to, uh, enough by those 50,000 repetitions to basically replace a natural instinct with an artificial one. Mm-hmm. with a with a you know a man-made one something yeah. you know that you desire to happen in a certain circumstance
0: well i think the things that that that's important um when it comes to the difference between full on you know however you do it in your school or your training club or whatever of uh sparring or fighting uh to controlled sparring handling applications the main difference is you're doing you 're doing it with your buddies, you know it 's coming. You know who the people are uh you 're doing it in your school on the mats or or wherever, and in real life, all that shit changes, especially in including uh, the people you 're with the the opponents and you 're caught unaware you 're not planning for it and so one of the things that uh, you know some schools do now, which I think is is great, is helping to train or or change those dynamics uh, for these, for these situations so that you can use perhaps visualization to get yourself in, in the mindset of being in this situation or physically taking a field trip, several field trips to the alleyway, um, and training, you know, situations where you have two foot of space, you know, um, things like that, um, trying to get as close as possible to the actual engagement of, uh, a situation. Um, so the whole, new scenario doesn't catch you unaware and freeze you up or or freak you out.
1: Yeah, and, you know, just simply training outdoors in different locations can be a big help with that. Definitely. Um, You know, I remember, and uh, this is coming off the top of the head, so I don't have time to to proof this at the moment, but maybe in the show notes we'll see if I'm actually right or not. But I do remember hearing that uh, a lot of things are state-specific. You know, learning is one of them, but even, like, uh, heroin addicts, would often um uh, be fine with a certain dose in a familiar environment, but then they would go traveling or something and be in a strange environment and take their normal dose of the narcotic and it was actually fatal or much worse than, you know, it was a, it was an overdose in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Because the environment was different.
0: Yeah. Um and something else that you're touching on, which is uh <clears throat> they talk a lot about with uh, various addictions, um, you know, from alcohol and drugs to whatever it might be, um, is state-dependent learning, you know, um, that when you're in a certain state, if you're buzzed and you learn how to play pool while you're buzzed or, or drunk, you're going to find that it's harder to play w- play good pool uh, when you're not, you know, uh, because you learned it in that situation. Um, so the closer or the more frequently then you can, you know, put yourself into these different scenarios, um, and, and mindset into those scenarios, uh, with all of these different variables of, you know, how far do you take it? You know, how many guys there are, you know, are you protecting someone else? All that sort of thing, uh, the better that you're going to be able to react once you're really in that state.
1: Right. But, uh. Let's drill just a touch deeper with this. The reaction itself. Um, again, we're talking about right now habituating to different environments so that they're either not distracting or whatever. Uh, they don't stop you from from doing what you want to do. I mean, it's it's. I'm not I'm not explaining that well. It's a big difference between saying you know if you only fight on a hardwood you know uh, dojo floor in bare feet, then when you're in the alley in your shoes, everything might work different right right on the other side of the coin i'm just saying that um on a deeper level what sets you off in the first place what how how do you get that instinctual trigger to start in the first place you see what i'm saying
0: yeah that that also comes in in a different um you know you you have to be creative as a teacher as a coach as whatever um and one of those those things um, which is it, it's hard to do that because you, as a teacher, you have to put in all the parameters for safety and stuff like that. But certain training uh, environments, especially with your uh, more advanced students, of basically being caught unaware, um, that's actually one of the phases that we work on in Northern Shaolin when we teach. Um, later on, is at certain points during a normal class session, um, you know. Someone's going to be thrown into a headlock or attempted to, or someone's, you know, going to be basically scared, bringing in the fright, surprise um, element or principle um, and and seeing the reaction.
1: Yeah, I think even the old trick of of, uh, uh, surprising someone by making them perform in public. Oh, yeah. You know, you're eating (laughs) eating lunch at the restaurant or whatever, and they're talking, oh, well, get up and show me. Oh, I don't want to know. Do it right now yep <laughs> well, everybody's looking uh, who cares you know do it well and then and they, they might clap or throw money at you <laughs> exactly
0: yeah yeah my teacher did that to me
1: all the time too he was just showing you off yeah <laughs> prize pupil <laughs> okay so um so, we've got physical instinct reprogramming. For instance, just a flinch reaction, right? Is that something that you want to program out of existence? No. No, it's not. You just want to shape it. Exactly. Um, so, it, it, it is weird. I've noticed after a long time in martial arts that my, my flinch reaction is very much suppressed. It's still there. And if something genuinely surprises me, you know, if you see something coming out of the corner of your eye or whatever, you you move still. But I don't flinch my head. I, I tend to flinch my whole body now. Like I, I step away from it or, or you know, try, exactly. to, try to use my whole body instead of just, uh, you know, squinching my eyes shut and moving my head a little. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like those, those fast twitch muscles. Um, you know, your, your body is definitely reacting quickly uh, to the situation. That's definitely something you want. Uh, but you just, you don't want, you know, the natural, oh, no, don't hit me or whatever. Yeah. Um, reaction
1: yeah Yeah. i've seen people try to actually just stamp that out you know like having someone standing or throwing repeated punches an inch from their face or half an inch you know and right um although sometimes things like that are necessary if you have somebody that just has a built-in flinch where they close their eyes Mm -hmm. when they're fighting or when somebody's throwing at them and I've, i've known people who were really good that had that that particular flinch they would shut their eyes Oh, yeah, I've seen that could, a lot of times. And you could totally take advantage of them when they did it. So, you know, mm-hmm. you point it out to them, they do stuff to correct it. Yep. I think uh, one of our friends, the mysterious doctor, <laughs> <laughs> he has the best correction ever. He just yes. uh, it's on, he puts on this game face, and he just opens his eyes as wide as humanly possible and stares at your ass like some sort of creep from a yep. zombie it's movie. That's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it puts the fear in people too, which, or at least they thought this guy might be crazy.
0: (laughs) Crazy. The another thing that that um, I I think is addressed in a lot of this stuff, both with flinching and um, reaction and all that good stuff, is um, because usually if if this is coming as a surprise, it's not going to be a fight. It's not you know a sparring match, whatever. Um, Most of the time, they're not coming straight directly to you you know up your center line uh walking towards you the approach um it's always going to be from the back from the side at an angle whatever um and so something else that helps in training is working your peripheral vision a lot um to be aware of what what's going on um you know out in the out in the space outside of your main focus um, right that, and, and,
1: and stuff like that is where some of the things that may seem more airy-fairy about traditional martial arts come into play, you know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, just basic circle walking. You know, you do a little thing at the beginning where you get your body set to practice, but you're also locking your eyes. You do different exercises. Let's just keep this brief. You do different exercises to, to disengage your normal patterns. So like walking in a circle with your eyes fixed, as opposed to following the circle, they just naturally move as your body moves and you don't turn them in your head. That's weird. It's hard for people to do, and then you start trying to be aware while you do that of where your hands are and mm. and all that other stuff. Um.
0: I've done that with you, and it. I've noticed uh, when I when I was coming out more regularly, and actually in doing that stuff, and I uh, felt uh, physically felt the change of uh, kind of my my eye muscles relaxing more um, when I was able to do it because initially I'm. I'm sh- straining them and didn't realize I was straining them. Um, and the moment I, that I was able to relax them, I noticed it kind of helped me relax the rest of my body a little bit more that I didn't realize I was too tense. Um, and that's another, um, key thing I think is, is learning how to be, you know, taking this cliche phrase, but really applying it is, uh, keeping calm under pressure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so there, I mean, uh, and all kinds of martial arts is exercises like that. I mean, we we actually have some very specific stuff, different eye movements and things. <clears throat> but there's nothing magic about it. You're just you know using that to experiment experiment with different with different ways of looking at the world. So that can right. help. Um, it
0: could be magic now if you got one of those hats and canes now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the hat with the rabbit in it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. The cane with the endless scarf. And the tip. <laughs> Yeah, that could be magic. Um, yeah. But this sort of segues over into the other part of the discussion, which is, uh, you know, when we talk about instinct, another part of the work you can do as a martial artist is trying to clear away all the stuff that's in the way of your instinct. And by instinct, I don't mean, you know, you have a special sixth sense or anything else. But the but the plain fact of it is the the body is processing tons crap tons of information every minute that your conscious mind is not made aware of simply because it doesn't matter in day-to-day operation yeah but it gets into the whole thought of you know if you walk into a room and you get a funny feeling should you ignore it or if you meet somebody new and you get a funny impression a funny feeling should you ignore it if you feel like somebody's following you and you look around and well no uh, there's just some people back there Oh, that looks like a perfectly nice fellow, or whatever. <laughs> it could you know. be. A,
0: you better pay attention. Could be your next date peeking at
1: you. Yeah, and I gotta <laughs> say a lot. A lot of this comes from you know if you're interested in going deeper with this. Uh, um, I think Ellis Amder back on uh, episode number two recommended uh, Gavin De Becker's The Gift of Fear. hmm And I will go ahead and wholeheartedly recommend it too, since I've read it in the intervening couple of months. Um, but Very it deals cool. directly with a lot of this stuff. Um, but part of the problem is the socializations that we learn. Now again, this is learned behavior replacing instinct, but in the opposite direction of what we were talking about earlier, where you refine behaviors to respond better to you know violent situations or to specific threats. Mm-hmm. This is uh, socialization getting in the way of uh, all that other information that your you know your senses and your brain are processing. That something in there is giving you a funny feeling, you know.
0: Yeah, and we get it all the time. Unfortunately, from one of the, the great things with technology and years of psychology is that the uh, marketing and advertising professionals who really make money for the companies, the big companies, know this stuff inside and out. Um, your average TV commercial or even print ad sometimes has so many little uh, subconscious triggers that are going for you. You know, um, it, you know, sex sells without even having a nude image on the screen you know there are certain things um that they've they've realized can can help
1: oh yeah well they realize that the true nudity would be too much it would distract you from the product or the concept they're trying to sell but the tease is brilliant Mm -hmm. that's what gets it across
0: that's one of the the kind of the negative things is that we're constantly being bombarded with a lot of subconscious messages um you know again not being airy-fairy but i don't know what other way to Put it um, through marketing or just your daily life as well, and a lot of times people you know over time just kind of ignore it because it's you know
1: there right they' they're used to ignoring artificial subconscious messages that are designed mm-hmm. to influence you, but they also start ignoring the subconscious messages that uh, that are natural, like
0: bingo, the <laughs> yeah. ones that you need to be paying attention to
1: right at least if they're strong enough to bubble up to the surface in a funny feeling or you know just some sort of cold I tickle at the back of your brain you that know. says yeah so something's not right here <laughs> so can you for instance can you give us anything specific in 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 your system or in your experience uh with with martial arts that that helps to to get that stuff out of the way and let you listen better to sure. your
0: um for us it's instincts? very simple um i mean one of the most basic but fundamental foundational things and it's almost become a cliche in today's world because you hear it all the time for all this other cheese crap but uh basically is is traditional meditation um where it's extremely basic there's no visualization or special breathing or anything like that um but it's a matter of literally bringing your mind to focus on Single, you know, single pointedness, um, single-mindedness. And for us, what we do is just we breathe through, inhale and exhale through our nose. And what we try to do is make the focus get smaller and smaller and more fine and more fine and more fine. Um, for example, first we simply pay attention to the breathing. And then we pay attention just to the in-breath or just to the out-breath. And <clears throat> then we begin to count the breaths and then we begin to count sections of the breath the beginning, the middle and the end of the breath as a whole and then we move on to all three of those stages in the inhale and then again on the exhale and then the final stage basically is locating that place basically in your nose where you feel the air uh, physically touching your nose as you breathe in or out, you, you feel that little physical sensation, the air coming into your nostrils, and just kind of putting your mind there and just being aware of that, of that physical sensation and nothing else. Um, and this sounds, you know, kind of airy fairy, but, but uh, kind of easy too. The, the key point about it is until you do it, do you realize just how difficult it is? Um, because so much shit just starts bubbling up. You know, your yeah. mind just throws all kinds of chatter crap at you.
1: See, I think that's the trick with a lot of these traditional systems. Like, you know, with the Bogwa thing, we do 717, then 777, mm-hmm. like inhale, hold, exhale, all these different patterns and things that you can do. And all this is aside from any sort of guided meditation. We can save that for a different discussion. Right. But, uh, you know, all of these little patterns and ways of counting and stuff, and I think None of that makes a damn bit of difference except that it's encouraging you to breathe deeply and be calm and it's giving you one thing to focus on one simple exactly. thing like counting so you can use that as a weapon to sort of shut the monkey brain up and, mm-hmm. and just and it really is it's tricky but if you if you do it you know fairly routinely for a period of time you'll get to where you can sort of do that whenever you feel like it well,
0: yeah it's it's badass, I told you guys there, and you know going a little personal here, but i've I dipped that in that route there in my interview, so what the hell but uh you know <laughs> uh, when i was i was uh behind bars uh before um that was the only thing actually that got me through it um was working on meditation and focus
1: well that um, and you're a fantastic dancer, but well yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I had the candy, sweetie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. No, but um, <laughs> but yeah, and the cool thing is, you know, without getting cheese with it, that single-pointed concentration has, you know, an assload of, of effects because, because you're shutting out everything except this one thing, and you have to go layer by layer to, you know, you have to recognize – your brain is trying to give you this thought or you keep going back to my ass is hurting if you're sitting on the floor or whatever it is else is you have to isolate those and and push them away so to speak is that you can also then selectively choose what to let back in when need be you know so even though if you're you're sitting there fighting or or, um, you're working on you know self-defense and you're focusing just in front of you the peripheral vision is happening but but it's it's not bothering you you know you're not being distracted by a balloon floating up on your right hand side what will we'll,
1: you know yeah, yeah it lets you put sort of a dimmer switch on it so or, or some more selectivity of what stimuli you allow through and what you don't the other thing mm-hmm. i would throw in about that single point is i also think the point of that is not to make a stupid pun <laughs> but the, the point of that. Uh, is to to get down to the point where if you can get rid of that single point, like if you get your mind quiet and all you're doing Mm -hmm. is counting, and then you just stop fucking counting Mm -hmm. and just breathe, and you sit there and you don't have any monkey brain thoughts at all for a moment or two, that's the sweet spot, you know? Oh, yeah. And sometimes that moment or two can wind up being, oh, Jesus, I was sitting on the floor for half an hour, you know?
0: Yeah. And this is, as odd as it may seem, this is And as basic and simple to understand, just in this short period of discussion, you know, talk about is like the basis for so many of those very deep and mystical, you know, spiritual things. Is is that emptiness, so to speak? You know, once you're down there and you're just nothing's bugging you, you're just kind of in in the zone if you would
1: right well you're just existing in the moment it's kind of like it's i don't look at it as so much of a higher thing but it's actually being able to return to to a, a less sentient animal state almost where you Bingo. just simply are there yeah and that's the creature that's going to react easily and well you know to to surprises or violence you know animals mm-hmm. typically you know you surprise them you get what you're going to get out of them you know okay. <laughs> or, or whatever that's um,
0: like uh, just to give you a strange example. Yesterday, um, I was out all day. Came home and and um, my daughter's cousins were in the house, and they're they can be extremely naughty, rambunctious, running through the house, screaming and yelling. It was chaos, and I really was not in the mood for that. So I went out on the deck and chilled out for a minute and looked the, uh, out in the woods behind my my house, and I heard some rustling in the leaves, and kind of put my gaze there, if you would, and realized. There were two big-ass, big-ass deer sitting there um, just munching on uh, my in-law's garden, which is real cool. So, you know, calmly I went in and I I told my girl on pie, my wife, I said, quick, come here, come here. And she, I said, there's some deer, come here. And her first reaction was to go quick, tell the kids this would be a great moment. I'm like, no, you come here. I do not want them coming because the moment you bring that element in of that scatteredness – those cool calm you know environment those cool calm little animals boom gonna be gone you know
1: yeah yeah and you know this is this is also one of the things um <clears throat> that i that i that i think sometimes gets missed out by people who totally disdain traditional martial arts um you know i'm uh I'm not a... I don't believe in anything supernatural. Did you blind yourself? I don't no, believe my, in, in my anything... My
0: cat's up here, man. She's okay. <laughs>
1: I don't believe in anything, and I'm not speaking for Craig here, but I, I've come to the point where I've zero belief in anything supernatural. So I'm not looking except for me, except for you. Yes. So I'm not looking for you know Nirvana or salvation or anything else out of these drills. But you got to think, you know, martial systems that are traditional and were born out of a concept where people were trying to get any edge they could mm-hmm. in a on a battlefield or you know in a life or death confrontation. Yeah, all the physical training is primarily the primarily important thing. But, you know, if you don't spend a little time, I mean, you don't have to get it from any specific system. It's, it's pretty simple if you'll just sit and do it. Um, sort of trying to clear some of the junk out of the, the hallway between your subconscious and your conscious mind. You know, being able to get into certain mental states like some of the Japanese warriors who just became intimately acquainted with the thought of their own death before they would mm-hmm. go to fight so that they didn't have that distracting them. As they fought, they were actually, if they were prepared to die wholeheartedly, then they just didn't worry about that, and they were actually more likely to live, I think. Exactly. You know, maybe not a whole hell of a lot more likely, but more likely. So, you know, if you focus down too hard on just the physical techniques and leave out some of this traditional stuff, I think it can hurt you. Oh, I'd agree. Or at least not agree. give you every possible tool in the box. Because, like I said, I think these people were whittling away for any advantage they could find, you know? Yeah. And if somebody's trying to kill you, you'd look for any damn advantage you could find, too. That's for sure. Um, well, you know,
0: yeah. we've... And a lot of times, like, aside from just how you're or, or reacting at all, um, is reacting smartly, you know, using... Um, getting your brain to actually tick-tick properly as opposed to simply going back to kickboxing in the scenario or or your standard, um, you know, fight or flight without any intelligence behind it Um, because your fear and everything freezes up and locks you up and you go in through this kind of relaxation or single-pointedness and all that kind of stuff um, is able to, to Kind of relax the nervous system, so that you can then realize, oh, there's a lead pipe by my foot. This is going to help in this situation.
1: Right. Yeah, you know? that relaxed nervous system that's soaking up and using more of the input from the unconscious mind is going to be more efficient. And we've we've all had these moments where we hit what we call the zone or the space, or and it's as simple as and I often when it hits me, I can I I remember sometimes like I feel it coming when I'm about to do something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, stop thinking.
0: And, exactly. And, and I
1: just do it, and then I think about it afterwards. You know, you snuffing out a tiki torch with a two-inch frisbee from ten paces, or throwing a <laughs> throwing a lighter at somebody and it going perfectly into their shirt pocket so gently they don't even notice from across the room. You know, it, yeah. stupid shit like that happens. Right. And part of and it can just,
0: happen in the good stuff: the 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 food, the martial arts, the you know sports, uh, you know, throwing game at a girl, you know, whatever yeah. it might be.
1: And there's a slight difference between those times when it happens just purely by accident. You know, you throw something over your shoulder and it goes in somebody's pocket. Right. As opposed to when you're trying to do it, but you don't think about it. You just see and do and boom, it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a state we all strive for, whether it's doing martial arts or any other kind of sport or, you know, making the whoopee. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whoopee. <laughs> Well, you know what, we've trampled back and forth across this topic, and I think we've hit a couple of interesting spots. I do, but, too. But, uh, you know, we probably shouldn't go on all night about it, so let's go ahead and take a little break here. Um, I need to peel a cap back in the champagne lounge. Yes, indeedy. And we will come right back to you folks with uh, the news and our mailbag segment. Sounds good. Coming to you live from the fake Heideke rock in your garden, it's the High Podcast News with Craig Kiesling, your intrepid reporter. Deed-deed-deed-deed. <laughs> well, we've
0: got some news. As you know, uh, currently we are in the midst of an interesting sporting event the Summer Olympics happening out there in London as we speak. Um, Literally. Yeah, yeah. It's a Pretty great thing. I, I don't know if you watched the opening ceremonies, Dave. I did. They were uh, pretty much the best I think I've ever seen, actually.
1: You know, I didn't see most of it. I did see the walk afterwards where all the different countries walk out, but I didn't really get to see the opening ceremony. So, right. boo for me. Boo for you. hmm Yeah.
0: It was pretty cool. They even played a little Pink Floyd, which was nice. 007 was in there, all that good stuff. Did of course, they, it kept the... Flashing to the London, um, you know, sports teams or Olympics teams uh, throughout many of the, you know, camera shots and whatnot. It took me a minute to realize what I was looking at because I just called it the hottie shot because somehow it was all the pretty girls. And, you know, every time the camera went to that team it was just the pretty chicks, which I can't blame them for.
1: <laughs> hottie cam that? at the opening ceremonies. Okay, so you thought that was a good thing.
0: Yes, indeed, I did. Well, Um, but uh, about a week before um, the opening ceremony is pretty cool. um, In Seoul, Korea, uh, the um, Korean Taekwondo team uh, performed uh, some divers in the COEX Aquarium performed uh, underwater Taekwondo um, on Tuesday, actually, July 24th, um, to kind of celebrate the upcoming london olympics um but it also wait
1: wait uh, did you say underwater taekwondo
0: yes i did yep, wow I did. it was before the basket weaving you know
1: no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my major in college <laughs> i know i know
0: but uh i was i was kind of curious about this when i when i first heard about it um because i was like yeah, but why why Taekwondo? Why underwater and stuff like that? So there was this other reason that this was was done. So I um, that I found out about, which was pretty interesting. Um, back at the Beijing Olympics during the Taekwondo events, uh, there were a few issues uh, that happened due to the scoring system. Um, for example, one of the heavyweight women's fights uh, was completely overturned um due to the due to the scoring system you know and uh, there was um arguments back and forth on what was what and everything else so what they've introduced uh for this new olympics is a completely new electronic scoring system um for taekwondo in the olympics it's expected to help eliminate any chance of controversy um, But there's obviously still some human elements um, to the judging and refereeing and all that. Um, So there's going to be room for error, but just much less so. Uh, Are they using
1: sensors or analyzing video, or how are they doing that?
0: Well, you hit on two of the uh, main points, actually, yes, indeed, to both. Um, They're going to have uh, some chest uh, electronic sensors on the chest pads and body protectors that register um, kicks and punches. Uh, If they, you know, uh, the problem was they they had this.
1: What about headbutts? Do they register headbutts?
0: Only if you do them. (laughs) Um, It's called the Dave meter, but. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's right. But uh, the problem was they've actually had sensors going on for a while, but they were based on a certain amount of force. And, yeah, I'm not dogging Taekwondo here, but. you know, a lot of times uh, taekwondo kicks or punches can have very little force, uh, behind them in, in competitive, uh, things. So.
1: Yeah. It's virtually points barring. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's, right. it's It's a sport. It's not, um, martial, uh, take somebody out type thing or protect yourself in these situations. So, so that's where a lot of the controversy was coming up in the past was, uh, the judges or the coaches of the various teams were like, no, he's got you know more points, so on. Why didn't you see that, so on and so forth? And they were saying, well, it didn't register. There was not enough force behind it and yada, yada, yada. So um, what they have now are two things, um, main, two main things. Um, one is the, uh, um, the sensors are much more sensitive, so they'll register um, a lot more coming in at the people, and and so there doesn't have to be much force at all. Um, And the other thing is that they do have video playback um, that's available to them. Um, And one thing that they're kind of hoping, since Taekwondo is a relatively new addition to the Olympics, is that they're going to bring in more um, viewership, I guess, to the events, uh, because they see that, you know, the fights or whatever are going to be much more exciting. Because people are going to try uh, fancier kicks and all this kind of stuff just to get the points. Um, the coaches can use the video replay at least once if they want to uh, contest a point. Um, and if the technology allows, it's you know it's kind of uh, this is going to be the first live test is this during these games. Um, it'll be able to play it on the big screen, um, you know, just like they do it for the tennis matches and whatnot. So, you know, it kicks to the head, uh, which kind of score the most points in Taekwondo will still be scored by the actual judges. Um, but the other thing that they're talking about for, um, I guess, force is, it, you know, backing off on the force is not only um, saying, hey, <clears throat> you know, this guy has, an, has a point, but also the worry about uh, safety in case you have one team that's used to going soft and really focusing on the points. Another team who's used to bring on the force, you know, um, kicking the
1: shit out of you if they can get away with it.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that's what you got. Um, the, the fight area is actually going to be a little smaller than it used to be. Um, and kicks the head, um, you know, and, and are now up to four points. Um, So people are going to be motivated to throw high kicks and uh, throw fancy kicks, you know, fancier than they might do previously. So they're looking for it to be much more exciting.
1: Yeah, well, that's the name of the game of that sport. So i got no problem with it.
0: it, I might even start watching it
1: now. Okay. (laughs) Well, I wonder if they'll televise much of that. I certainly haven't seen any yet, but uh, I, I haven't. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to check the schedules um
0: my um single pointed focus actually and do my ninja
1: technique what? <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly but in other words if they don't televise it I'll still watch it through my single pointed focus.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, you'll you'll uh astrally project there or something. Yeah. You know how I roll. I know how you roll. All right, what what else you got for us, Craig? Well,
0: um for those of you who are interested, uh, on the same – well, the day after my uh, my birthday actually, August 11th, uh, it's coming up just around the corner actually. is the Masters Hall of Fame um, for martial artists um, in Orange County, Costa uh, Mesa, California. Um, so you're going to have a couple of your usual people there, Don the Dragon Wilson, um, Dan Severn, um, Bob White. A bunch of different other people but if you're interested in in checking that out uh, because you're going to have a bunch of seminars as well as you know your dinner and events and all that kind of stuff um, check out halloffame.org but uh, you don't have much time um, especially by the time this goes up you'll have about a week Um, but if you're out there go check it out ought to be kind of interesting
1: Well, give us the name again your skype connection failed a little bit Say that again. Give us the name again. Your Skype connection failed.
0: Website address: mastershalloffame.org.
1: dot org. Okay, we got it that time.
0: Excellent. Um, and keeping, I've got uh, I've got a couple of interesting stories here with you. Follow a theme. I kind of left out the uh, the negative stuff uh, in celebration of the Olympics. Um, okay. <laughs> What we have here are a couple of martial artists doing good, um, kind of crazily. Fall River uh, in California, uh, there was a guy, Seha Hawk, Uh Evidently, LA was visiting his buddy out in Long Beach. He was about 39 years old. This happened uh, on, on the 16th of July. But uh, he and his two friends, who are all experienced martial artists, um, Walking down the street, uh, chit-chatting whatnot, having a good time, and they heard some commotion at a nearby store. Uh, They 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 in and saw a dude with a gun, um, you know, basically trying to rob the place.
1: You know what? Uh, Hold on there, Craig. All right, we're gonna have to pick this story up again because your connection's fading in and out. Let me just let's hang up and call right back because for some reason you're coming and going and coming and going. Okay. All right. Sorry for the interruption, folks. <laughs> we'll be right back with a better connection, hopefully. Hey, who is it? Hello, who they are? Okay. <laughs> that sounds better. All right, pick up that story from the top if you would, because it was it was just getting it was fading in and out too much for me to follow.
0: All right, are we still on record?
1: Yes. Yeah, we're okay. rolling.
0: Um fall river california uh a martial artist helped uh helped out he Seha hawk about 39 years old was visiting friends in long beach on july 16th and uh the three of them were walking down the street um chit chatting and whatnot and they heard some commotion nearby a jewelry store um they peeked in saw a dude with a gun basically holding up the joint and uh the suspect was was struggling with the store owner at the time. Um, he was holding the gun. He wasn't shooting, but uh, it was evident he di- didn't really want to use it. You know, um, so they took advantage of the situation, rushed in, and the the main character here, Seha, uh, saw a piece of wood on the floor, a two by four table leg basically, and he snatched it up as he was running in through the door and cracked dude on the back and side of the knee and uh totally floored his ass and uh then put him into a arm bar basically and, and kept him there until the cops arrived so uh congrats congrats to this guy
1: good job there say huh
0: yeah no doubt no doubt um interestingly enough there were two other cats that were involved in the robbery and i, I guess standing there is backup or whatever
1: um, <laughs> shitty backup <laughs> yeah no
0: doubt they they totally split on his ass, so, you know.
1: These people don't sound super committed from the get-go, you know. He's got exactly. a gun, and, and, but what he's What happened to honor among thieves and yeah. all that,
0: man? Y'all ain't got no honor. Get the hell out of
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't got no jewelry, either. <laughs> Y'all ain't got my
0: jewelry, so no. And uh, along a similar vein, and, and one that, uh, that's kind of interesting for a variety of reasons, we have a very similar story, um... Where uh, you had an attempted robbery at a Marina Del Rey uh, medical marijuana dispensary. Um, basically, a disgruntled ex employee showed up, and um,
1: oh well, was, you know, I, I'm sure the one thing I'll never hear on this newscast is a disgruntled ex employee of a marijuana shop shows up and shoots everybody.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he shows up. and goes, "Dude, you're bumming me out." Yep. Anyway, finish, <laughs> finish the actual story. I just
0: <laughs> no worries. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. No. Um, he basically he was he was pissed because uh, he he was let go and he still had some um, some pay coming to him and he wanted his money. You know, um, so he and and a more current employee um, got into a confrontation. And uh, the guy was like, you know, knocking stuff off the shelves and and just making a ruckus and whatever. Um, and then you had once the once the fracas started, uh, three of dudes buddies, you know, <laughs> saw that that all this is going down and they enter into the store and uh, are are taking advantage of the situation and and, and snagging merchandise, of course, um, and and trying to run out. And all this good stuff,
1: stuffing buds in their pockets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was that would
0: be me. Um, <laughs> the owner of this store, um, oddly enough, his name is Jackie. Summoned his martial arts background and defended his goods. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he jacked him up. Um, one of the suspects, the guys who were who were trying to rob the stuff, you know, um, he. he Jackie didn't care about the little argument. He cared about his his stuff going out the door. That's your stock. Exactly. (laughs) Went after them, and uh, one of them was reportedly knocked unconscious from a blow to the head, a single blow, um, which is pretty slick. And uh, some of the witnesses said they saw the other two cats um, running out of the store uh, all bloodied up.
1: Um, Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Nice, nice. And uh, yeah, I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking up some some footage of this um, because uh, there's there's a little bit of like a, what do you call them the you know security cams on on uh, nearby places that that show a few interesting scenes of weed thrown across the the ground in front of the store and um, dude coming out with a torn shirt after the uh, after the bloodied up fellas and all that good stuff. So, I'm going to see if I can't find that and share that uh, little jewel with everybody in the show notes.
1: Oh, yeah. That'll have to go in the show notes if you can track it down.
0: Definitely. I definitely. just
1: hope no innocent weed was harmed in the... Say again? <laughs> I hope no innocent weed was harmed in the filming of that fracas.
0: What do you mean no innocent weed? All weed is innocent, buddy.
1: Won't, exactly. Exactly. Every weed is innocent.
0: <laughs> Sung to the tune of Every Sperm is Beautiful. Every, every sperm, sperm is, is sacred. sacred. Yeah about the same thing
1: <laughs> okay
0: all right and one last story to cap it off for you guys out there um, what these two stories represented basically were martial artists fighting crime if you would right now in Malaysia uh, in the town called Malacca um, let me let me first give some backdrop I, I know this from personal experience you living out in singapore and spending a lot of time in malaysia uh, a lot of times the government will have these campaigns where they'll give suggestions of what the people should do make more babies work harder uh you know be more polite whatever the hell it might Stop be
1: and, on the sidewalk
0: yeah and so you'll see posters of it all over the place you'll tv commercials, radio commercials um actual newscasts whatever you know So that's how they get the word out about what they want you to do. So what recently went down in Malacca, um, martial arts practitioners in the country have been urged to be more actively involved in fighting crime in their local towns. Um, Culture minister Datuk Seri, Dr. Rais Yatim um, basically said they had a distinct advantage uh you know compared to the lay public due to their special training and uh this is what their training is supposed to be used for, and uh they were being urged to to go for it um but at the same time to use common sense um of when to do it don 't run kicking into a uh gunfight if if there were to be one um you know <laughs> does it actually that say
1: of- that on the poster? <laughs> If, yeah, if a gun fight, does it actually say that on the poster?
0: No, no, I threw that part if a, in. If a gunfight
1: um, occurs, do not attempt to kick your way through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, to be honest, you're, you're going to find very few guns uh, held by the normal people in Malaysia, to be honest. You will you will find um, the Kalsarang uh, big-ass knives or, like, machetes um, that a lot of people
1: Those can carry. be ouchy, too.
0: Oh, big time, yeah. Well, I've so, actually seen that being
1: used. I don't know. Is this a good thing or are they promoting vigilanteism? Well,
0: probably so. Um, But at the same time, um, I'm all for it. Because it's a a different situation, uh, especially in some of the areas where they're talking about um, you know.
1: Yeah, I would just encourage all those people to remember you know, just because the laws on your side doesn't mean that physics are yeah, it, and, true. You know, help out any way you can, but don't stick your neck out too far, dudes <laughs> and ladies. You might, and you know the, these people aren't trained to. They might make a bad situation worse too. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that progressive. I'm definitely progresses. I'm 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 definitely one of those people that you know thinks you should be more proactive. If you got somebody that needs your help, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, on the other hand, I don't think I need the government to encourage me to do it either. And if somebody did need that encouragement to push them over the line, then uh, that might, uh, I don't know. Follow this one. Follow this one for me because I'm keen to know how it turns out.
0: I definitely will. I definitely will. I mean, we have, even here in the U.S., um, you know, this uh to me we we have the same thing. The government's not encouraging it, but uh there's a bunch of martial arts uh morons who dressing up in, in superhero outfits and, and walking the streets in different cities. They have websites how to help each other and all this kind of crap trying to take over crime. Um you know, that to me is, is uh taking it a little bit the loony toony way. But uh
1: Yeah, well I think just being an aware, concerned citizen and you know being willing to stick your neck out to a degree to help other people all that's a good thing i got in trouble recently there was a robbery at the restaurant and i didn't get in trouble but i had some people were that were amazed um this you know happened outside a couple of customers had just left and i was throwing the rag bag out the back of the restaurant it was closing time and i heard uh pop pop you know it sounded like firecrackers or you know small caliber gunfire and i looked down and i saw our customers standing away at the other end of the parking lot with these three other people running around you know Mm -hmm. i'm like shit that's trouble right there (laughs) yeah so i I took off running down there to see what i could do and everybody was like oh you ran towards the gunfire you idiot you know i'm like no i mean it's not like they were shooting at me you know yeah somebody turns the gun on me i'm gonna jump behind a car (laughs) and hopefully i'll be fast enough but you know, if somebody's got a handgun, they're not going to hit you 50 yards away with it anyway. Right. And, and just the fact that someone's showing up and yelling, hey, what's, you know, Hey, they ran away. The
0: focus is not going to be on you until you're right up there anyway. It's obviously on whoever they're really shooting at.
1: Right. But, you know, I mean, I asked them, you know, what was I supposed to do? Run back in the restaurant? You know? Right. I didn't have my but cell phone no. on me. It was charging up inside. yeah yeah yeah, run inside call it well it was gonna be over long before the first digit got dialed you know but yeah that's for sure there's somebody just got shot at that's a lucky ass kid too by the way he uh they missed him Uh, the guy had the gun to his head and he was refusing to give up his keys Mm. so he pointed at his legs and pulled the trigger twice And we thought it was a cap gun or something or a a starter pistol or a BB gun or, you know, something like that at the time because he couldn't, you know, he's like he shot me twice point blank in the legs and all he had were these little scratches. Hmm. But uh, when he got to the police station later and he pulled out his wallet to get his ID and all that stuff out and there was a hole in his wallet. What? Like a, you know, a caliber hole in his wallet that went through almost... All the way through, like the last credit card. He had a pretty fat wallet, and it was in his cargo pocket of his shorts.
0: What the hell was it made of? (laughs)
1: Leather, you know? Leather and lots (laughs) of plastic, but apparently about 17 layers of plastic credit cards and library cards and stuff. will stop a bullet.
0: You might just sell this story to to manufacturers of wallets or something for marketing (laughs) promos. You
1: you know, you (laughs) might as well make Kevlar wallets. There you go. (laughs) Skip the middleman and make them out of bulletproof material. Yeah. And you could just wear it in different places, you know. You could wear it in your breast pocket one day if you're afraid you get shot in the heart, or you could wear it in your cargo pocket if you're afraid you're shooting for your legs.
0: Right. You could tape
1: it to your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it and put a target on it. So right. it says shoot here. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> Okay. All right. Well that does it for the news there.
0: <laughs> that does it for the news. Dee 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 dee
1: dee dee. Dee 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 What in the, the hell, hell you've got, got mail. We had a couple of questions come in for us. Um excellent. And uh one for me and one for you and one that's kind of a general question. Uh so dipping into the mail bay here, uh, Let's see. This is from Troy, our listener, Troy, down in hey, Athens. Hey, Troy. Love you, Troy. Yeah, hi, Alex. you diehard. And uh, he sent this in a while ago while we were in our a little down phase there, so we're just getting around to it now, but uh, hope you stuck around and you'll hear it. Um, so the first question is uh, for Dave. Dave, is there a creation-destruction cycle with the eight mother palms? Do you teach your students in the traditional manner that you were taught? Well, those are two questions, but I'll try to answer them. <laughs> um, there's not a specific creation destruction cycle like you'd see with Yi with the eight mother poems, uh, but there's four animal and four elemental in, in our system anyway, and uh, they're they're not set up, and you can't produce the same cycles with them that you can with with smaller components like the five fifths. so i would have to answer that question at least to the best of my knowledge as no not per se not wow. as such but within the 64 linear tactics there are uh pairings that you do that help unlock some of the tactical uses so um if you take the 64 by house you'll have uh you know, one would be the first one in the first house. Nine would be the first one in the second house. And you can take those two and use them as call and response drills. Or, you know, one's, one attacks, one counters, one counters. And count, you, know, you can you can set up cycles with them where they uh, they do really interesting things. And that, that holds true, you know, one, nine, two, ten, all through the system. Mm. So that's a good way to get your head, you know, sort of open up about some of the different things that the movements you're learning can do. Um, Very cool. And as far as do I teach my students in a traditional manner that I was taught? Um, yeah, if if you call the manner I was taught traditional, then sure, <laughs> I stick more or less to the same game plan. Um, I try to teach the system as I learned it traditionally. But like my teacher, I will change up what I'm doing from time to time just because I have a better idea or I figure out something new that works better. There's not a, a rigid curricula that I have to stick to. You know, the, the the forms and the drills are designed to build on each other. So if you basically start at the beginning and work your way through towards the end, then that is the traditional manner. Um, different emphasis goes different places from time to time, and I often... Uh, I I'll often nowadays, you know, anything. You know, this is this evolves, and I watched it evolve with my teacher <clears throat> over time. But uh, now I like to I like to take people on a fairly quick, meaning six months to a year to a year and a half, depending on how hard they're working. Trip through without focusing too heavily on application, but really drilling the forms, and then cycling through the system again heavily focused on application and then cycling through the system again where you add weapons in and then cycling through again, you know, so, uh, it's Bogwa, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> you go around and around round and, round
1: round. and round, but the point is, it's not just going round and around the same patch of dirt. It's supposed to be a spiral, right? So each, mm. each time you go around, the circle gets bigger and encompasses more things and, and, uh, you know, gains or utility. and more in Yeah. yeah. That's cool. But, you know, with my students, I mean, when they make it through that first trip through and they can demonstrate a real proficient knowledge of the forms and basic applications, um, then, you know, we'll spend some time uh, recycling through that. But, but at that point, basically, it's like I'm kind of done teaching you. Now I'm just working with you. So, uh, you know, if they make it that far, I stop charging them for class. I'm just like, you come, you help me out, and then we'll we'll keep you moving through your own spirals. But You've got the toolbox, the template, you know, as we discussed in the last episode. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't have oh, to pay boy. me because I'm not teaching you anything new. What I'm doing is is just helping you unpack it. And you're going to help me continue to unpack my stuff. So, you know, that's that's the way I look at that.
0: You never asked me to help you unpack your stuff.
1: No, but you did offer to push in my stool one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's shift the spotlight over to Craig. (laughs) So here's the question.
0: Here's the question. question. Yeah,
1: the question Troy has for Craig. uh, Since every martial art, traditional or not, is mixed or eclectic martial art, what are your feelings on practitioners, teachers, breaking from tradition and creating their own system? Mm, Uh, Yeah, let's tackle that. There's another one but let's tackle that one first, because that's directed straight at you. And bear in mind, the word tradition is in scare quotes.
0: Scare quotes? Yeah. Is that like scare tactics?
1: <laughs> well, it's just like quotes around it to... Uh, scare you, you a little know bit? know what scare I'm quotes I'm, are, well, I'm a little bit scared.
0: <laughs> well, um, it's kind of a two-parter there. Um, if they... You know, in every art, it's it's a living art. And so... Although you have tradition and like we were talking about, the template and, and certain standard things need to stay the same if they're going to be teaching that system or style, um, although that's the case, it's also a living art, and each generation, um, you know, is encouraged to uh, add, refine uh, different understandings, enlightenments, if you would, um, certain things. Um, Now, with that being said, the second half of your question mentions breaking off completely and creating their own system. I don't have a problem with that at all, so long as this main caveat, if you would, uh, is that when they're teaching it, when they're advertising it, uh, when they're talking to other people about what they do, they're completely upfront and honest about it. Um, If they're claiming to teach, you know... uh, Northern Shaolin and the Gu Yichang lineage. um, It better damn well be so, you know, um, and not some made-up BS. uh, Because you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, In the days of the Internet, everybody can find out you're full of crap. um, And you're doing your students a huge disservice um, from, you know, giving them incorrect knowledge. What you're teaching them could be very awesome and cool and applicable and whatever. Um, but just tell them, you know, you made it. You know, you've created this. You have named it this. That whole thing, um, and, and and of course, you, saying that you were inspired by such and such style um, is is great, and it, it is suggested um, to do so because you otherwise you're going to be one of those. Uh, oh, the fairies came down, you know, and, and taught me this. In my dreams or whatever. <laughs> Um, which oddly enough happens in a lot of a lot of superficial BS histories of, of styles out there. Um and most of the time uh there is a, a very practical um story out there that you just gotta dig a little deeper to find out about.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, it 's a rule of thumb you could you could use is it's you know, if you if you learn the skill of sausage making at a big sausage maker. <laughs> you As decide, we all tend to do. You decide you've got your own specific way of making sausage that ought to be differentiated from that. And you want to run your own sausage factory. you still got to put the ingredients on the label.
0: Exactly. You know? <laughs> yep. So, uh, I
1: Yeah. Yeah. A sausage analogy. You can never <laughs> get enough of those. Well, there's one more thing that we can maybe both tackle here. Okay. It says, also, as both Bagua and Northern Shaolin have existed these many years, I'm sure they have both changed over time. Rear-facing posture versus the center-facing posture when walking the circle in Bagua, he leaves as an example. What else has changed and for what reason? Oh, okay. uh, I'll quickly go first. Um, yeah. You know, who knows what else has changed? All you, <clears throat> all you really know is the product that you've got in front of you. And, uh, and what people tell you about, you know, what it was before, what it is now, the, the example it gives a uh, rear facing posture along the circle versus the center. Um, I don't think that's a true distinction because, uh, intermediate and advanced practitioners can and do use the rear facing posture, it's just more difficult and it's harder on your back so uh you know i think you can you can face along the arc of the circle if you if you're out of shape and have back trouble and need to start slowly so you're literally walking with your hand almost straight out in front of you and it's a spectrum you know you move it to the middle is kind of the the middle of the dial you know it's, <laughs> it's getting enough of the good stuff in there without you know opening you up to too much uh To too much trouble with your back or anything else if you're not developed enough. And then once you're strong enough, I mean, it changes the way you walk and everything to go to that rear-facing posture. So it's it's more, it's just, I think it's just more of an advanced tactic or practice rather than, uh, or intermediate even, rather than something that has been, you know, that used to be the way they do it all the time. And now they do it this way all the time, you know? Right the standard may, you know, have been, and some places may have stopped going that far, you know, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, again, it's just like the the on-off switch, the dial. You emphasize what you can with a particular student and what's applicable for the time, and uh, the other stuff gets toned back, you know. But uh, as long as the original material more or less stays intact, and you check to see if it's intact by is it still functional, you know. Does this form do what I want it to do? Um, does it work under pressure? You know, is it a sound concept? And if it is, then fine. It's good. You know, it's good enough. It, it's obviously retaining something. So there's no such thing as a carbon copy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think a lot of those things too, uh, tend to be just, uh, training aids or drills, um, you know, to make you more flexible. Uh, I mean, about change, you know, you're you're sitting there dealing with the guy in front of you and all of a sudden he tries to sidestep you and now he's over to your far right, you know, instead of moving your entire body to um, address him, you know, you just turn your waist to address the rear if you would um, and there you have it, you know, and if you practice that way enough, uh, you build up enough strength and flexibility in the lower torso to be able to do so, do that, then you're on point.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. in this specific example, it's it's more about uh, uh, being conditioned enough by practicing the system earlier on that 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 you can do that turn around with your upper body without breaking your structure,
0: right? Because that's right. very
1: hard to do. So really, what I want the earlier students to learn is how to turn around without breaking your structure by using their stepping and not by twisting their body, right. And even when you're doing the fully along the back of the circle posture, you're not twisting the rectangle that your hips and your shoulders form, which mm-hmm. is why it, it changes the way you have to walk. So, you know, without going too far down the rabbit hole on that one, <laughs> you know, things like that change. But really, I think it's not so much that they change the different, different uh, areas on the scale get emphasized more, depending on the culture that you're teaching and what people want to get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's all still in there to be unpacked, though, if it's a decent system. That makes sense. Your thoughts, Greg?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I can just, you know, I'm going to use, uh, obviously, Northern Shaolin as an example. Um, you know, like it, we were saying uh, just a few moments ago, actually, um, with the um, first question that you, that you asked me was, um, is that it's a living art, um, and that you're going to have changes, period. Now, that 's not going to happen to the core, um, like David was just talking about, you know, with that palm or or uh, positioning of the of the body um, it 's not that the core is necessarily changed it 's just a different aspect of it, so to speak um, and so you 're going to find that a lot and I, I see that all the time in northern Shaolin you 'll find um, also changes based on and, and this is in any style really. Um, the physical structure or stature of the instructor um, or perhaps how old he was, how much in shape he was, what his uh, profession, if it had to do with martial ability, um, was when he was teaching a particular student. Um, if somebody's huge, you know, um, a big, big boned and such um, character. You're going to find his movements reflect that when he's teaching a particular student during that period of time and that student learned it that way and so on down the line, you're gonna see that influence. But perhaps a guy ten years later loses a bunch of weight uh and then five years later his practice and teaching begin to reflect that as well. So you're gonna see the same art from the same teacher uh yet being expressed in different flavors. Um, and you see this uh, frequently as well. So you have a lot of variables. Um, but then you do have very specific uh things. For example, in our system, um, Northern Shaolin, we do have a, a playground area um, of of a generational allowance of change um, with very specific uh rules um, you know on each of the our ten core forms we can um, you know make changes for our teaching. In other words, um, <clears throat> we do a lot of, uh, can do a lot of acrobatic type of maneuvers, uh, fancy stuff. But if you have a student that comes in that's, uh, really overweight or perhaps, um, you know, older or perhaps uh, even handicapped, um, you just simply say, no, you can't learn this style. Uh, do you not you know, do you totally take that move out of the form, that sort of thing? So there, there's an allowance for change so long as the principle of the movement, which is the important thing in the first place, is kept intact. Uh, that movement can be radically changed, um, you know, for teaching uh, purposes. Aside from that, um, there are what we call flavor spots, if you will, um, where you can add your little um, touch on the style, um, so that there's an insignia of you as the style goes forward. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Then there's 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 other things where um, training drills um, or training forms even um, can be completely created, uh, you know, by uh, well, a generation. They
1: certainly. were all created by some generation. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. But I mean... You know, we have this, we know exactly what the the style consists of thing, um, but when it talks to the, about the intro material, introductory material, or the auxiliary or extra material, um, some of those are just common that everybody tends to teach the same crap, but you also have sometimes people are like, you know, I want to give props to Seven Star Mantis, really big, so... You're gonna find there's uh, a, a few people out there, um, not a few. There's a there's a pretty good number who teach. One of their auxiliaries uh, called Drunken Mantis uh, is a form. Um, you know that that's not something that in my line uh, we do. Um, another example is uh, something that happened to me recently that that's kind of interesting. Is going to change me up. Is I learned a an auxiliary auxiliary form from my teacher that was I kind of downplayed it because the, he only called it another version of chen or gong Li quen, uh, which is a building strength introductory form that you'll see, um, in a lot of Northern styles, mainly long fist, uh, proper, uh, chang Um, some different styles might use it and, and have different flavorings. And I learned several different versions of gongli before, um, not a huge fan of the form, to be to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's kind of fun, but it's just not one of my favorites. So I've never taught this form. Um, I learned it as an extra set and so on and so forth. But recently, literally within the past two weeks, I've come to learn um, from some of my northern Shaolin buddies, I guess, um, the details. Uh, that it's not simply just another version. It is another version of Gong Li Chen. Um, but it's one of those... Training forms that uh, Yim Xiang Mo or, or Yang Shen Wu um, literally created and made some adjustments to, uh, to the form and taught to his students at a particular time. Um, this form is very rare in that some people were similar to me and, and didn't see a huge bunch of value in it, so they just didn't teach it. So it's kind of rare now. Um, you Wong Jack man from the Chin Wu uh, group uh, did teach it to to some students, so you 're going to find some of that crew who teach it um, and i 've recently uh, been playing with the idea of going ahead and adding it to the curriculum that I teach and um, not so much as auxiliary but as an introductory form um, and one one last um, very specific change that has happened specifically to Northern Shaolin is that, as I mentioned in my interview, our system consists of introduction material, um, ten core forms, and then some weapons and whatever. <clears throat> but the ten core forms obviously um, are numbered one, two, three, four, and they have names as well. When they were created, or not created, but um, systematized as the one, two, you know, one through ten by Gu Yucheng. Um, that's how they were set up, one, two, three, four, blah, blah, blah. And that's how they were taught. Um, <clears throat> and they are divided basically by um, you know, <clears throat> easier forms, more difficult and intermediate but also by the length or the how many movements uh, they consist of some are much uh, much shorter than others and some you know will just drop you doing one time because it's like running a marathon mile it's very long and very acrobatic um, and some somewhere, somewhere in between obviously so what a big change happened uh, just within the past I'd say uh, sixty years um, is a change up in the order of when the forms are taught to the students nobody today learns the forms in the order of one two three four five six seven eight um... they're all you know there's gonna be some variances but uh... they realize that to teach the shorter forms and easier forms first is the way to go so most systems or you know, substyles will teach six seven eight first and then it begins to branch off in the in the preference so that's that's kind of the main um i guess change over time that that you'll you'll see there's a lot of different uh things that i go into about historical changes but we don't really have the time for that now and something we can address later but i hope that uh helps hey, answer your question
1: yeah there you go and you know what else has changed for what reasons the people doing it change over time and their reasons for doing it change over time mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's always going to change but uh what you look for is just retaining that core of functionality. If it drifts too far away from that, then you know it's it's going to become something else, or it's going to get kicked back into line by the practitioners that are doing it. Then
0: exactly, you know, when you when you go into a school, uh, a good BBJ school that teaches BBJ for health. Um,
1: you mean I'm, BJJ? Yeah. <laughs> First, I BB gun jujitsu. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it, it's the better BJ for me. So okay.
1: okay well we'll leave that thread dangling and uh, we'll just say thanks uh, thanks for being with us this is really a busy time of the year for everyone and uh, lots of vacations going on and stuff and we've been super busy over here so you know if if this show is a little flighty you'll have to forgive us but uh, one thing I've realized uh, doing this podcast uh, and kind of trying to take care of all this stuff making a weekly thing is It's going to have to wrap around my life, you know, one way or another (laughs) and yours and, you know, whoever else's we have on here. So, you know, it's uh, it's all good fun, though, and uh, it'll it'll mean more variety in what you get with uh, with the episodes. So uh, go ahead.
0: No, I said definitely. I agree.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're getting our heads around that, so bear with us while we do, but uh, again, I think I think we had a pretty fun talk tonight, and I hope everybody out there enjoyed it. Remember, we need you to get your input in. Uh, if Swap and Paint's going to work, we need to get some stories, and there were several stories told tonight that would fall under the Swap and Paint category. Yeah, true. <clears throat> we want to hear yours, not just ours, because we can tell each other's stories any damn time we want to, but uh, we want to hear your stories so send those in to mailbag at highoutpodcast.com put put swap and paint in the subject line uh yeah. or record an mp3 come on it's not that damn hard look at me i'm working a whole bunch of mp3s right now <laughs> <laughs> wave files to mp3s if i can do it anybody can heck i bet i could teach big al to do it there you go so uh yeah and most people your little computer is going to have the capability of doing that right off the bat anyway uh greg where can people contact us again uh and what what do you have to say here at the sign off
0: ah, not much but uh multiple ways to find us uh you just do a search on google for Haya martial arts and you're going to find an ass load of ways you can get in touch but we're on facebook do a search on there uh it's you know facebook.com slash high martial arts podcast um you can go to the website high martial um and, of course, you can find us on iTunes, and uh, we're, we're on a bunch of different uh, podcatchers as well. Um, but that's about it. Just do a, just do a search, uh, and uh, you'll find your preferred
1: method. Seek and you shall find. That's our message to you. Bada bing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we better wrap this one up. Uh, yeah.
0: At Bazinga. We might as well.
1: It's been fun, and keep the cards and letters coming. We'll get you in uh, you know, any topic you want to talk about on the mailbag.
0: Wait a minute. Who who's getting cards?
1: And letters. Uh-huh. Uh, Actually well. somebody left a cake on my doorstep the other day. <laughs> well, that was me, man. Oh, well that <laughs> explains it then. That's why it had that weird hole in the middle of it too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if we'd known it was gonna be that kind of party, we'd stuck our Thank- in the Haya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know, w- things will be simmered down a little bit next week. We hope to have a fun guest on to talk to then. And uh, also, we can record when it's not the middle of the night and people are crying. And oh. People are crying. <laughs> yeah, my son woke up back there. They'll probably hear it on the tape. I'll try to filter it out. But now that it's I've just- said it, I might want to just <laughs> leave it in there. <laughs> there
0: you go. But in general, when we get on to record, people begin crying.
1: That's true. So we'll leave you to uh, weep into your beverage of choice as we... Uh, Leap into ours. As we weep into ours. All right. Uh, good night, folks, and see ya. See ya. ya. One